Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Shiggy. Shiggy is a vivacious, multidisciplinary lady with a personal and professional life story to tell, focusing on the importance of living tenaciously. Welcome, Shiggy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I, you have a very interesting background, so let's just dive into that. What, what do you got for our listeners? All right. Well, um, my name is Shiggy. It is not short for anything. That's just the way it is. I am Dutch-Kenyan, even though I have a slightly American accent. I was born and raised in Kenya up until the age of about 15 um, and then lived in the UK since 2001. Uh, got sent to boarding school funnily enough. So haven't been around my parents for a very, very, very long time. Um, studied as much as I could study. African parents are very uh, much about the studying and trying to get you into prestigious places. Um, I didn't go to a prestigious, well, I did go to a prestigious university, but I never got a degree. I tried three different degrees, got bored of all of them, eventually left university, did a whole bunch of different jobs um, and have started my own business. Did a couple of startups as well. Those failed. Um, and now, yeah, I'm, I'm running my own uh, audio content creation business. Um, and enjoying it whilst also doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and bouldering and owning a bald naked cat called Icarus. <laughs> oh, I have three cats. <laughs> I love cats. They're great. Yeah. Well, what an awesome, I mean, awesome life experiences that you have to share with others, I'm sure. So along those lines of our topic, how do we live tenaciously? So the tenacious tagline um, kind of came in when I, I explained a lot of my life to someone who actually wanted to know my life because a lot of stuff has happened. Um, and I think one one key thing that I've noticed that I've had from a very, very young age is bad things happen, but you don't have to accept they happen, but you just have to deal with what that means, right? So, um, you know, I've... Uh, I was born, my biological father left. So my mom basically raised me. I got um, adopted by a Dutch Israeli Holocaust survivor, who's basically my dad. I only know him as, as dad um, at the age of six. And uh, then that broke up at the age of 14. My, my dad <laughs> uh, had an affair. Uh, I got carted off to boarding school, you know, and, and all of these things can happen and that can, that can break people. You know, a lot yeah. of people can just be like, uh, these things have happened and it's my fault and I'm a bad human and, and it's game over. Um, and I did have that. Don't get me wrong. When my parents separated and I was the one that discovered my dad was having an affair, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. I held on to that from the age of 14 up until the age of 21 until I started seeing therapists. Um, you know, that, that played on my mind a lot. Just like my, my family's broken because of me. But despite that, you have to keep on living. You know, we're, we're on this planet for a reason. We might spend our entire lifetime trying to figure out what that reason is. And that's cool. That is totally fine. And I think that's the kind of crux about tenacity is regardless of what happens, it's okay. You know, even the stuff that's not okay, it's okay. Because you're still alive. You still have the capacity to do something about it. You can still choose to step away from it. Um, even if you can't step away from something, you can still choose how to uh, manage your feelings around anything. 
Um, yeah. Even if someone's like chopping your leg off right in front of you. Because <laughs> um, I know there's going to be people out there who are going to be like, what if someone does this? I'm like, okay, fine. If someone's chopping your leg off in front of you and it's painful, right, you're probably going to pass out from the pain, which is yeah. a good thing. You're going to yes. you're, like, you're not going to feel that. That would be what I'd want. <laughs> so scream as hard as you can to force your system to shut down and you pass out. Okay, good. There. Fine. There you go. <laughs> Through it. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's the kind of, um, I suppose, foundation of tenacity that I, I've discovered is really, really important. Um, and then just, yeah, everything that I've kind of been through. Um, one huge thing that I, I didn't mention, but I should mention is my mother killed herself, uh, in 2019 and Ooh. she lived, yeah, she, she lived in America. Um, so me being in England, I'm used to, you know, knives and various ways of people kind of killing themselves, you know, very yeah. standard things. She used a gun and she used a gun under her chin straight into her brain Ooh. yeah it's pretty 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 hard going yeah um you know and and being the eldest daughter the the thing that i had to do was just like i got told this through my father um ringing me on facebook oh no yeah it's pretty grim and oh. it, just to set the scene a little bit my dad stepdad at the time was 91 Wow. Like people that age don't really have a good command of like technology and something so nuanced as, as face calling someone on Facebook messenger, you know, um, it was pretty crazy. So, so for him to call, I was, I was in a pub. So in, in England we have pubs, which are, uh, I suppose bars, but kind of with character. Pubs are great. <laughs> um, so I was just, I was just sat, sat in a pub with my boyfriend at the time and we'd finished watching uh, Avengers, the last one. I don't know. Thanos is ta- talking about the perfect balance of everything and then he gets destroyed. So that one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get this phone call. I'm just like, what? My dad never calls on Facebook. And you know, when you have those things where like, this is unusual, you should answer yeah. it. Something's up. Exactly. So I, I answer and my, um, one of my step siblings, my stepsister, <clears throat> sorry, she, um, she's speaking in broken Hebrew because she lives in Israel and she doesn't really speak English that much. And she's trying to get this message through. I'm just like, what's going on? Why are you bothering me? We haven't spoken in like 20 years. Like, why are you talking to me now? Clearly something's gone on. Um, yeah. and yeah, and she's like, Siggy, I'm, I'm so sorry. Your, your mother, she's, she's died. And I'm like, okay. Heart attack, like accident, like, you know, terminology yeah. is really really important here i was like no 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 she killed herself i'm like w- what <laughs> exactly I'm like wait yeah miss Guzzi, what what she she did what now like oh she yeah she killed herself i'm like how <laughs> like not even like my body my, my brain wasn't processing anything it's just yeah. like how what 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 is this what even is Little this I don't yeah completely and then they said yeah she shot herself in the head and then yeah that that was just like everything just bricks just crumbled in my head and I was outside and I screamed and just you know just just the usual usual she says just a huge kind of um I wouldn't call it an explosion but just definitely an eruption of um primal things I can't, yeah. you can't even put anything on it. Like, you know, when you get, get, get that kind of information, finally one and one makes two in your head, but then mm-hmm. that two gets multiplied infinitely. Yeah. In Understandably. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. So 
you know, going through that whole step, like when, when, when a parent commits suicide or complete suicide, rather, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens that no one, or at least I couldn't find it. And I'm not about to kind of find it right there. And then when I'm getting this information, you, you can't get prepared for it. You can't watch a movie about it. You can't watch a documentary about it. You literally, it happens and you just go through it and you're either going to be one of two types of people, uh, two types of people. You're either going to be a person who's used to kind of doing stuff on their own. So you just do your emotions, have that emotional dump, and then you step back up and get things moving. That's me. Or yeah. <laughs> you have the other person who just completely crumbles and they have a network, an amazing network of, of friends and family who just holds that person together and everyone else does the work. Yeah. Right? Both are equally valid. I actually would much prefer to have been able to just let my feelings happen <laughs> and have other people kind of do the thing, but th that's not the way my life has been. So, um, you know, I had to have to make the phone calls, had to call my uncle. He did exactly the same thing that I did because he's my mother's um, younger brother, the youngest of four. And he's like, well, what do we do now? And I'm like, uh, well, I've already called my cousin and she's pulling in a favor with the police and they're going to get a death, death report over da, da, da. Like, so I've already started doing things as I know people are going to ask me why. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's an annoying thing. I'm just going to put it in there. Um, when someone, when death happens around someone who's uh, the survivor of that person killing themselves, don't ask them why. Yeah. Uh, we don't Hold back know. the judgment. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you? Are you okay? What do you need right now? Do you want a hug? Do you want a cup of tea? Do you want me to shut the hell up and just sit here and just hold some space for you? Do that. Don't ask why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, she was tired and she just decided to shoot herself in the head. That's why. You're just tired. I mean, that was actually, that's usually one of the things when someone's pain of existing is far greater than the pain of not existing. Um, that's, that's one of the, the key markers that some suicide reasons happen, but don't ask why. Um, so yeah, so, you know, being part of the spearhead of having to go from, I'm in the UK, my mom's in America and her body needs to come back home to Kenya because we have a, uh, a grave, a family graveyard. Um, and everyone comes home basically. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it doesn't matter where in the world you are. My uncle passed away. He, he got brought home. My mom passed away. She's being brought back home. If I pass away, I'm probably going to be brought back home as well. Um, if, when <laughs> <laughs> I'm immortal. <laughs> hey, I love the positive thinking though. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's, it's got to be done. Maybe have Neuralink and then that's it. I'm in an ethereal cloud forever. I don't like that idea, but that's for another podcast in the future. <laughs> um, so it sounds like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm one that I, my grief, my reaction is I immediately go into action as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it sounds like one of the first things to live tenaciously is to understand your response to these kind of situations, accept it, be okay with it. And then, and then, I mean, what's, what's next? You, you move forward. You just, you, you just take one step forwards at a time. And like you say, if, if um, with, with living tenaciously, like self-reflection is a huge core element of that. Um, 
because it's it's important, or at least I feel it's really good to be really curious about the human experience, both your own and how you kind of interact with the world, but also other people's. You know, so if, if someone's upset or if someone's angry or if someone's happy and it's because of an action that you've done, you can kind of look into that and be like, why does this person feel this? Why does this person feel that? Why do I feel this? If I felt something else would that still have the same reaction from someone else or not? You know, so self, yeah. self-reflection is really key. Um, and if you practice it enough, when you start off, it's really difficult. Um, I kind of cheated cause I had therapists cause I just decided like, I am far too angry as a 19 year old child at university. Um, I'm horrible to people and I feel horrible and I don't like that feeling, you know, so already that was existing. Cause I have this thing of not yeah. being a bad person. <laughs> I don't see that as cheating. I see that as asking for help and having the courage to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you're right. I think people should jump into the space of talk therapy far sooner. Like, even yeah. if you're fine, like if you find the right therapist and you come in and they're like, how are you feeling? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. They're like, yeah. Hmm. If you what? think you're fine. <laughs> what does fine mean? Because fine <laughs> is one of those throwaway comments that we use so flippantly to get people off our back. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, you're, you're not fine, man. If you had the opportunity to tell me about your day, you turn into an excitable four-year-old and just say everything. No, but, but over time, somehow we, we lose that kind of zest for like, I did stuff today and it was amazing. And then I did other <laughs> things and it made me sad, but then I did other things and they're really cool. And then I did something else that made me really stressed out and I cried. And then I threw my apple at my brother, but like, it was okay. Cause he found it funny. So my day was amazing. Like, you know, I, I, I did that. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> I threw a half eaten apple at my brother just cause he was crying and I didn't know what to do. So I thought like, if I just threw it at him, maybe it'll shut him up. It didn't. <laughs> he cried three times as hard. So I just I'm went surprised. outside. <laughs> oh, I that that didn't work. <laughs> I was eight at the time and he was a newborn. So I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like a soft apple. <laughs> If that's the thing, um, it's fine. It was rotten, you know, it was, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, it was very much not rotten, but it was half eaten and I threw it at him and then I ran outside into the garden so people couldn't like blame it on me. But uh-huh. how does a child have a random apple thrown at their torso? <laughs> child outside going, look at the flowers. Um, but yeah, so, you know, therapy, I think people should jump into therapy um, a lot sooner because it really, really helps fast track um, a lot of, self-reflection. Um, and it's an exercise like working out, you know, the first time you work out, it sucks and you might be able to do it on your own if you're a self-starter, but if you're not a self-starter, then having a personal trainer slash a therapist, a talk therapist kind of helps you. Right. And, um, so yeah, having lots and lots of therapists kind of helped me understand myself more, understand systems more. It helped me understand that I've got ADHD, um, (laughs) and figuring out systems to manage that because I have severe shiny cookie syndrome. (laughs) And like, I I, I so relate with you because I do too. See, I I love this. Like whenever I say shiny cookie syndrome, people are just like, yes. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I harness that the H in the ADHD though, and really get a lot of stuff done. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's why I'm, I constantly, 
Like I know sports is what I need to do. And my parents figured mm-hmm. this out from day zero. Just like this child doesn't go to sleep until two in the morning and she uh-huh. sticks like at any age, my bedtime is two in the morning. Cause I just, I can't switch off. Um, and they're just like, we need to put her into sports. So they put me into sports. Fine. They put me into extracurricular sports. Fine. They put me into weekend sports. Finally, like my bedtime was like 10 o'clock. Wow. I had to do, you know, four hours of sports a day. Yeah. And then on the weekends I had to do at least five or six hours. Oh yeah. Tennis and skiing saved my, uh, my childhood. (laughs) There you go. Same. I, what was, mine was hockey because I could run up and down a hockey pitch like a, like a headless chicken. Um, so field hockey. (laughs) Give me the ball, 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 give me the ball. ball." And then I started getting violent. So they're just like, put her in goal. Just, just put her in goal. She was a padded Michelin man, you know, puff, what's it, pastry puff girl, whatever. Yeah. And she just pumps into people and everyone's safe. But yeah. So um, yeah, you know, just finding out systems that works and helps manage ADHD was really important. Um, so talking to well, therapists. life, I think too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, if uh, even beyond ADHD, I mean, you know, I think pretty much everybody's probably on the spectrum of, of I wouldn't say attention deficit. I'll just say attention di- diversity, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, uh, especially, yeah, nowadays, yeah. attention span is getting smaller and smaller. It really is. But then it's like, okay, fine. If it's smaller, then does that mean we're turning into, into our computers? Are we turning into random access memories where we just like have little split seconds of time that we can commit to things? If can, can we like ninja that into something that we do a little better? So it's like, you know, you do two hours of work, you do two hours of exercise, you do three hours of this, you do like half an hour of this, like, you know, something that's a little bit more flexible than the industrial revolution has, has restricted us into. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know, it just, it just came to me that everything that you've been sharing about living tenaciously is essentially own your life, right? Own how you respond to it, own how you overcome that stuff that comes up, inevitably comes up as being part of a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it, like one of, so I've got these two little um, post-it notes that I'm, I'm looking at right now in my, in my living room. One of them says, I'm better than this. And then the other one says, what else is possible? Mm. Um, and I think those are really, really key things. And also how, uh, the, the word, how do I, or the phrase, how do I will help you so much. If you ever find yourself saying, I can't, you know, I, uh, there's no way I could do this. I can't do this. Your brain would just be like, okay, cool. We can't do it. You know, if you rephrase it to like, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Then that gives your brain and it gives you the possibility of like looking at options and ways to do it. Even if it means doing it a completely different way, right? You can still do the thing and you can manage, you can think like, actually, do I even need to do this? Right. And if the answer is no, (laughs) then, then, then you move on. If you say, I can't do it, then that thing now sits in your head forever. It's like, remember that thing you said you couldn't do? at three o'clock in the morning. We're going to yeah. think about that now, even though it has no relevance <laughs> to your life. Here it is because you said you can't do it. And we've decided we don't like things that we can't do. So there, insomnia. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> We're going to think about this for hours. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, no, one of my favorite things is to have someone tell me that I can't do something and then I'll probably just go do it just for the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> just to spite them. Just like, I can't, you, you can't do it. It's like, you can't watch me. Do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah. What really sucks is when people in your life figure that out and they're like, oh yeah, I know you can't do that. And you're like, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, they're just doing it to get you to do something. (laughs) Of course. And that's when you turn around and go like, you know what? I appreciate you. You take my little, my little rocks of kryptonite and you throw them at my head like an apple. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Like a soft apple. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, can you share a little bit about uh, what you do in your business? Uh, maybe something that the listeners would be interested in following up in. Absolutely. So, uh, my my latest thing, because I do so many things, is um, my business is called Audiofy. Because um, I, I actually started when I was at university, I became a sound engineer. Um, the thing with that is the degree didn't really help so much because I already got a job. I already got my dream job as a sound engineer. So I'm like, why am I doing this degree when I got the job ready? So I quit the degree and became a sound engineer. And that was 17 years ago, which is a terrifying thing to say, because if you saw me, I look 12. So my ability to say I've done something like 17 years ago kind of messes with people's heads. Um, even though I'm in my mid thirties. And, um, so Audiofy, is basically an audio content creation business where I help independent authors, speakers, um, consultants, anyone who, you know, kind of is an independent expert. I help them make their audiobooks independently. So they don't need to, you know, be signed to a big publishing house. If they have an audiobook, or if they have a book that they've created on Kindle or independently, they should have an audiobook because it's now the world of audio. If you're listening to this yeah. podcast, you are a part of it. <laughs> uh, you're part of the audio revolution. So I help people independently record their audiobooks anywhere in the world. Uh, it doesn't matter where in the world you are, as long as you've got an internet connection um, and some and a computer, um, we can figure out the rest of it. Even on a phone, we can record your audiobook on a phone if it needs to be wow. done that way. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Because my skills are that good. Um, <laughs> Hey, own it. <laughs> it's a humble brag. No, I'm, I'm putting it in there because it's true. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also do podcast editing. And the latest thing that I'm I'm diving into is voice AI, because that's a huge thing that people are sleeping on. Um, so I help businesses create their own audio real estate online. So if they have a website and they have lots of blogs, um, I help them define a system to audiofy them, huh? um, create them into, you know, <laughs> anything, any data that they want to kind of now be kind of processed through like audio bots that are coming. Um, I help them kind of create that, find a speaker. If they want an independent voice, I have voiceover artists. If they want someone from the business, I usually recommend the CEO or someone high up who's, you know, around for a while to be the voice of the business. Um, I do that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the main business that I do. Oh, that sounds like fun. (laughs) It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's only two years old. Um, but I've done a lot in two years time, which just came off the back end of a friend on Facebook going, I need this turned into an audio book. And I'm like, what? Give give me the files. What is this thing? Give me the things. Let me do it for free. Other people like, yeah, I've got an amazing business. We can have a chat. I'm just like, give me the files for free. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And he's just like, fine. Like we're gym buddies, uh, gym, gin bunnies, not gym bunny buddies. (laughs) The alcoholic beverage, gin. There we go. Gin and tonic buddies. There we go. Uh-huh. So like, so he's just like, yeah, fine, whatever. And we were just chatting whilst, you know, drinking gin. Um, I'm like, I can do this. What the hell? And I literally did it in a couple of weeks. And he's like, you should make it a business. I'm like, okay. And that two years later. There you go. Yep. That, that's how yep. businesses I- work. No business. Plan. I so relate to you. Like, and I think it's part of harnessing that ADHD. Again, the age mm-hmm. is I'm into so many th- things too. And I love it. It's great. 
Because it keeps it keeps it interesting with different shiny things, right? <laughs> it really does. And yes. if people, I'm just going to put this in here as a little help thing for anyone who's in an office space, because I worked as a graphic designer um, for Yellow Pages, which a lot of people are not going to know unless you're of a specific age. Remember phone books? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> so phone books were a thing for a while where you had a directory of everyone's number in your area. Um, and I was a graphic designer for one of those in the UK. And I actually suffered from anxiety and depression as a result and panic attacks as a result of working in this office space. The second I quit my job in an office, I was fine. And I was yeah. on a lot of high end, like antidepressants. I was, I was on 50 milligrams of fluoxetine and they were about to bump up my dosage to 75 milligrams, which is quite a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, these pills were like horse pills and I had to take two a day. And then I just went, this is not right. This isn't normal. And yeah. I just decided to quit the job because I was trying to go back. And every time they're like, okay, we're going to, you know, write you back into work. I had a panic attack in the doc doctor's office. Um, and I just quit. And there's I a clue right there. It was. And I was fine. They're like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 like you can't quit cold turkey. I'm like, watch me and stop the medication, stop the job, all of it just in one day. That was it. And I was fine. And that was in wow. 2006. So since yep. 2006, I've sworn never to work in an office and you don't have to, especially now. You know, we're, we're what, a year into a pandemic or maybe post pandemic now, hopefully, please, please, God, please, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't, you don't have to, the rules are being torn up. You can do whatever you want. And if you're in an office, look at getting out of an office. If it's really sucking the soul out of you, cause you yeah. only have one life. We are all going right to die. We're all going to die. Okay. <laughs> it's just me memento mori. We're all going to die. Yes. Life is short. Oh. So that's kind of, well, let, let's go into then your final piece of advice for our listeners. Um, it's literally going to be that. Like I, I'm a huge fan of stoicism. Um, I think stoic philosophy has a lot to, to give if you take it in the right way. Don't kind of take it as being emo or like, you know, super just like, oh, everything's at the end and, and we're all going to die and, and well, we just shouldn't bother. No, it should inspire you to just be like, you know, every day is a gift and every day is an opportunity to do something different. You know, if you are finding your life is really, really boring and just not giving, go help someone else. Like literally just, I don't know, go to a, a kitchen, you know, a, a kitchen and, and feed some homeless people. Go talk to a homeless person as long as they're not too crazy. Like just have a chat with someone, just help someone else, right? And that will help you kind of remind you what it means to be human and just, you know, just live, 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 live. Cause you know, that's all we have. Yeah. Live tenaciously. Live tenaciously. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Shiggy. You're so welcome. If you'd like to learn more about Shiggy, visit her website at Shiggy, S-H-I-G-G-I dot C-O dot U-K. Does your organization need a proven leadership development program? Visit ChristinaEans.com for more information.